0: come to my table and I'll teach you I'll teach you how to make all your favorite Mexican recipes. I'll teach you how to cook vegan. It doesn't have to be hard.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the plant based DFW podcast show with Dr. Rissa and Maya, where we discuss topics related to lifestyle medicine. Dora Stone was born and raised in Mexico City. She studied at the Culinary Institute of America in New York, and now specializes in making delicious vegan Mexican dishes. She went vegan first for her health, and then was eventually able to help her mother manage her type 2 diabetes. She was a speaker for the We All Grow Latina conference that is designed to inspire Latinas from all walks of life to pursue their dreams. Dora tells us the story of how her dreams almost did not come true because she became a mother. Make sure to listen to the entire episode to learn how you can take her virtual classes. And also I have the Spanish version of this interview that will be posted soon after this episode. Thanks again for listening. So, welcome, Dora. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Well, thank you for taking your time. I know that you're pretty busy with your family and your classes, and we'll talk a little bit about that. I want to mention uh, to our listeners that I learned about you when I watched a program in Spanish called Más Plantas, Más Salud. And I watched it really for my mom. First of all, I want to say thank you for participating in that and for the work that you do in Spanish as well.
0: You know, the organization that that led that webinar, is called the Physicians Committee of Responsible Medicine. And they do a great job in providing both English and Spanish resources for the community. So you can learn how to improve our health
1: through plant based food. We're members of Physicians Committee, and I promote them a lot. So when I saw that there was they were going to start adding like a Spanish component to it, I was just like, Oh, my God. And then that's how I learned about you. Do people tease you and call you Dora the Explorer?
0: Oh, my goodness, all the time. And you know, now that I've gotten older, not so much anymore. But sometimes people would also like do the theme song, they'd start singing the theme song to me. And I'm
1: just like, Oh, my
0: <laughs> I was like, I was born before Dora the Explorer. So like, I'm first.
1: That's so funny. Did you see the uh, recent movie? I don't know if it came out a couple of years ago, where she's a little bit older now? Oh no, no, I haven't seen it. And actually it's not an animated now that I think about it. It's an actual movie with a, a girl that plays like a thirteen year old Dora or something like that. And it was a great movie. We went to see it, so and we really enjoyed it. Um so I'm curious to know how you got interested first in becoming a chef and having a love for food. Well,
0: I've always loved to eat. <laughs> you can ask any one of my family members. Food has always been, you know, I love eating, I love trying new foods and since like I was a child and but my parents have uh, run a restaurant for the last 30 years so the restaurant business is always part of my life you know it's it was just part of it was like interwoven into our lives you know when my dad would talk about well his problems at the restaurant or we would try new dishes but it funny enough it wasn't really that that kind of pushed me to become a chef after high school I was a missionary for a year In Mexico City and one of my chores was to help out in the kitchen and before that I hadn't really helped out in the kitchen at all because my mom didn't cook at home because we ate at the restaurant and we weren't allowed in the kitchen at the restaurant because you know we were little girls and the kitchen is mostly like grown older men. So I really didn't have a lot of experience. And that was one of my chores that whole year was to help out in the kitchen. And I was like, I love this. You know, like, not only do I get to eat it, I get to learn how to make it. And then it just kind of all came together. And I was like, oh, like, I kind of get now like what my family does, you know, like this is. Like to see the whole process from beginning to end, not just like the eating part. It just kind of brought it all together for me. And I was like, I think I want to do this. And my parents were shocked. They're like, what? (laughs) Like, you don't even know how to cook rice. (laughs) I'm like, well, I'm going to have to learn.
1: (laughs) Was the restaurant also in Mexico? Yeah, the restaurant is in Mexico. Okay, and then what about your missionary work? Did you ever continue that? Well, you know, um, after my
0: year of missionary and being a missionary, I did continue to be active in the church. But afterwards, I just kind of got pulled this way. And this has become kind of like my passion and my way to help people and to, to, you know, to share the benefits of living a plant based lifestyle. And I've lived it in my personal life, and my family members have lived it in their personal lives. Mm-hmm. So it's become kind of like my mission right
1: now. Yes. I think that's why I admire the work that you're doing. Um, when I heard your talk in the We All Grow Latina, I shared your talk and it was such an inspirational story of yours. Um, as a Latina, I can totally connect with what you were saying. You suddenly developed a love for cooking because of your missionary work and then you decided to pursue that. Tell us more what happened after that.
0: Yes, we, I went to culinary school at the Culinary Institute of America, which is also known as the CIA in New York. But my parents, you know, my dad was really excited about me, you know, getting into the business and everything. And he's like, I want to send you to the best school. And I'm like, I don't know, dad, (laughs) like the best schools are expensive. And, you know, and my parents, like the restaurant has always been very successful, but it's in Mexico. So, you know, they they did whatever they could, and they were like, all right, we're going to send you to the best school that there is, and they sent me. They sent me to the to the best school, the CIA, and I was there, and I completed my degree in culinary arts, and after that, I worked in the restaurant industry for a couple of years, and that's when I just, you know, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, it's very hard work. It's very demanding physical work, many hours. Like, you sacrifice a lot. Mm -hmm. to be in that line of work but I just loved it and you know there's always like a a dream of like opening my own place and like I don't know I I always felt kind of unsure whether I wanted to come back to run my parents restaurant or if I wanted my new thing but you know like it was like a dream of mine that Mm -hmm. I wanted to pursue it but you know life happened and I got married and I got pregnant really quickly and I decided to stop working because it was just it wasn't going to be manageable manageable for me to work as many hours as the restaurant industry demands to work weekends to work holidays to work nights and then and i really wasn't making a lot of money at the time so it was like i was going to really only work to pay for childcare. Mm -hmm. so i stopped working but it was very devastating for me because i finally you know like i felt like i was successful professionally and then to be kind of stuck at home and you know i went through a lot of frustrations and a lot of things like uh, like am i gonna do this for the rest of my life like i just felt like so frustrated and i couldn't you know like find a way to release that frustration and then i met somebody and they're like oh yeah we have a blog and i'm like what what's a blog (laughs) so she showed me her blog and i'm like oh my goodness i have to do this and i started I started blogging, you know, and it was just a—it's—it it started out as a hobby, you know, a way to kind of release my culinary frustrations and to bring my creations, like, to to share it with people and to share that love of food that I have, and you know, and all along the way that I started doing um, catering, and then I would became a private chef. Like, I wanted to continue to pursue my passions, but without. um without putting my family you know like on the back burner mm-hmm. like i always wanted to be and as a latina the way that we're raised is like families first like it's very very ingrained like families first so there was always like a pool of like whether like oh like i want to develop myself professionally but i can't you know, i can't put my family second so i, I had to work really hard to find that balance and it was exhausting, and it was hard. And then in that time and in that process, I developed a health problem. I was in a lot of physical pain, and I couldn't get help. You know, I would go to doctor after doctor after doctor, and you know they would give me medication, and it would help temporarily, and then it would you know happen again. And I think I must have gone to like over twenty different doctors, and like nobody could help me. And I was so desperate. And a friend of mine, I was living in California at the time she was like oh you should watch this documentary it's called forks over Knives." and i'm like oh yeah yeah yeah." (laughs) and then every time i saw her i would see her every week because we were like in a mommy group Mm -hmm. i would see her every week and she's like did you watch it i'm like no i didn't have time i didn't watch it and then for like months every single week she would ask me did you watch it did you watch it did you watch it and i'm like i don't want to watch it (laughs) i don't want to watch it because i love like, I knew what it was about, and I was like, I love meat, and I love cheese, and I'm not going to give it up, so I'm not going to watch it. But she was so persistent, oh, so persistent, that I was like, all right, I'm just going to watch it just to get her off my back because she won't leave me alone. And I did. I watched it, and I was like, my eyes were open. And I'm like, what? i like, why? And so after I watched the documentary, I became plant-based, For periods of time, I would do it for like a month and then I I would go back and then I would do it for like two months and then I would go back to eating meat and cheese. And then I think the longest stretch I did, which is what finally um, convinced me, I did it for three months straight. And after, for doing it after three months straight, I began to see physical changes in my body and my health problem completely like improved, improved. And I'm like, I can't, you know, I'm going to have to keep doing this. I'm going to have to keep doing this because I felt better and I had been in pain for so long that I was like, I just can't go back. I can't go back. And then, you know, along the way you learn about animal suffering and like the mistreatment of animals in factories and it, it kind of all connects together and like, you know, the environment, but I mostly started just because of my,
1: of my health. Did you also kind of study any plant based program like the e Cornell plant based nutrition program? Or, or you just kind of taught yourself?
0: No, I, I kind of taught myself, I mm-hmm. used my like the basic knowledge that I had culinary wise, mm-hmm. and tried to apply it to plant based cooking, mm-hmm. which I found a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be because the way that we were taught to cook is like you always cook vegetables with oil or with butter and that's how you make basically that's how you make them taste good so it was very difficult for me to kind of find new ways of doing that without adding a ton of oil or a ton of butter or a ton of cheese or something like that so I did take it did take a little bit um, of time because I love cooking so much like all the recipes on my site are tested two to three times like sometimes I get so obsessed I'm like and make this recipe. And I'm like, there's something that's gonna make it just right. I can't figure it out, and I keep trying and I keep trying until I get it the way that I want it, and mm-hmm. and then I publish it. So it's it was um, that you know that technique and that practice that really got me to learn you know the different ways of using plant based foods to make your food taste good.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I appreciate when I saw you in that Spanish program was um, the message that you sent while you were preparing three of your dishes is that it's almost like cooking this way is like almost going back to our roots and where we came from. So we have, you know, our love for lentejas, you know, lentils, pomegranates, corn, things, rice, things that are common in our backgrounds. But somehow we got away from all those plant based foods as a people and started moving towards process. You're just bringing us back to that love of Mexican food. Why did you specialize? in um, veganizing Mexican food? So
0: after I recovered from my sickness, around that time, my mom got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. So I felt better, and I was so much better that I wanted to have my mom, you know, be better too. She was devastated when she got, was diagnosed because her mother had type 2 diabetes, and it brought so many complications to her health, and especially she grew older, and so did my grandfather. They both did. So when she was diagnosed, she was like, no, you know, like it was really, truly devastating because she had just experienced, you know, like the death of her parents with complications of type 2 diabetes. So I tried to to tell her, hey, mom, you should go vegan. And she's like, what? (laughs) Yeah, you know, it'll still be good. I'll make you something. And I I think I prepared, they're called uh, Vietnamese spring rolls. And I love them, oh my goodness. They're so delicious in the summer. You use a rice paper that you rehydrate in water and you fill it. Traditionally, they're filled with noodles and then veggies. Usually it has mint and basil and like carrots and you could put all sorts of veggies in there and they can either have meat or they can have tofu. Mm -hmm. So I made some with tofu for my mom and my mom was just like, Just like, what is this? And she like tried it. And she's like, oh, and she's like making faces. And and then I would keep trying to give her th- like other things. And she just became so frustrated with me that one day she's like, why can't you just make it Mexican? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's right. I'm like, I'm going to make it Mexican. So at the time, my blog, before I became vegan, it was not vegan, the blog. It was all non-vegan food. And then after I became vegan, I started publishing vegan recipes, but they weren't vegan Mexican. I had published a couple of them, but not not really. And at that point, I hadn't deleted all my other recipes because I was scared that I would lose all my traffic if I deleted all of the meat recipes. So then after that conversation with my mom, I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it. I deleted all the meat and fish and dairy recipes for my site. And I was like, this is now a vegan Mexican blog. Wow! <laughs> and I started from zero again. Like I deleted everything and I started from the ground up, but now I've been blogging for 10 years, 10 years. I started doing that. I started veganizing all the dishes I grew up with. Uh, that I grew up with that, my family loved and, and Nino says that's a lot of trial and error. But now if you visit my site, you could see there's over probably 150 vegan Mexican recipes on there.
1: Yeah, it's incredible, uh, your website, because you can also switch between English and Spanish, in terms of content and recipes, too. I mean, everything is so well put together. So is Mi Mero Mole a separate site still from your blog?
0: Yes, it's the same. I decided to do them separate instead of trying to put both languages on one site. Mm-hmm. So there, it's the same. It's the exact same site, except one version is in Spanish and one version is in English. Uh-huh. But it was kind of weird to try and translate Dora's table into Spanish because it was like weird, you know. So then I was like, that—that's a phrase that I love. Like, this is mi meromole, which—which means like this is my thing. So mm-hmm. then everyone, I totally embraced, Like, I'm just gonna do the Mexican things now. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is mi mero mole. Like, this is my thing now. that's what the site's called in Spanish.
1: It's such a perfect niche too, because a lot of Spanish speakers um, really need to hear this message. And the best way to reach us is really through food. You also now um, offer virtual classes. And so you're able to work from home. How did that happen? The blog itself has always
0: granted me the gift of being able to work from home. And it really has been a gift. Like we were mentioning earlier, I was always looking to try and find that balance, to develop myself professionally and put my family first. But it was very hard to do it in the professional cooking way, you know, like either working at a restaurant or catering or being a personal chef, like all of that required me to be outside the home. And then when I started blogging and I started making money, actually blogging, it was wonderful (laughs) (laughs) because I get to work from home. And I still, like, actually right now I'm homeschooling. I did oh. not send the kids back to school. So in the morning we homeschool and in the afternoon I work. Oh. And I can do that with the kids in the house. Like, they, they don't really, you know, like, bother me. You know, we're – actually they're funny because I'll take pictures. And they'll be like, can I take a picture? And I'll let them get close to the camera. And they just, like, click the button. and then they go, <laughs> And then they go see, like, the picture that they took. So – and I incorporate them in, into a lot of my videos and into a lot of my stuff. You might see one of my videos. There's, I do videos where I just put my hands in. I call them hands and hands videos. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you might see like a little
1: hand. Yes. <laughs> like... How old are your little ones?
0: I have a 10-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 3-year-old.
1: Yeah, so it's really a family thing, a family business that you've been able to put together. Because I saw when I I took a class of yours that your husband sort of supports behind the scenes.
0: Yes, you you know, we've all gotten involved as the blog has grown, and the work has gotten, you know, more, there's more work, and there's more things. And with the virtual classes, you know, after the pandemic started, we were stuck at home for months, we were stuck at home for months. And I'm like, we need to do something, we need to do something, to because people were cooking, people were actually cooking. They were making like everybody got obsessed with bread and everybody got obsessed with like sourdough and like stuff like that. And I'm like, we need to take advantage of people actually having to cook and try to bring them this message in a way that right now we're all craving for that connection. And we're all craving, you know, we miss going out, we miss seeing our friends, we miss having fun together. So I'm like, why don't we do it? And I don't know, other chefs started doing it. And other professional, you know, like writers and cookbook authors, they're doing it as well. So I'm like, oh, let's just do it. Let's just do virtual classes.
1: That's a smart business strategy. Who typically is taking your classes now, your virtual classes?
0: You promote them on social media and people sign up. Sometimes I've seen a mixture of older people, Mm -hmm. of older people. Um, Usually the the people that are signing up are people that are not very experienced cooking. Because the people that are experienced are like, well, I'll just follow a recipe. Like, I don't need to see a a video on it. But it's supposed to be people that either are curious about the plant based lifestyle and they kind of want to learn more about it. Or if I'm doing, like, I did a class on how to make tamales. You know, Mm -hmm. that's something that if you didn't learn as a child or you didn't have, like, your grandma teach you, like, you don't know how. Like, you can look at the recipes online and you'll be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's very hard to transmit, you know, like, how to describe in words how you fold, the like, it really isn't, you know, like, no matter how simple you try to describe it, it's very hard to to put it into words, like such a simple action of like folding over the leaf. So it's people who are interested in things like that, you know, like, uh, I never learned how to do it. So this is a really good opportunity Mm -hmm. to try to do it at home.
1: So I mentioned that I saw you speak also for the other program called We All Grow Latina. Uh, Very inspirational. Can you tell us about that in terms of how you're able to inspire other women to continue to put family first and but also to pursue their dreams?
0: Yeah, so in all of this, um, there's a part in the talk where I say that my dreams like I had given up on my dreams after I quit my job. And I was like, I just resigned myself to be a stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. But the blog granted me the opportunity to continue working on my professional life and be home and raise my kids and still make money doing it. And it's a very, very fulfilling work. It's work that fills me, that helps others. And I want other women to know that they can do that too, that they don't have to be just a stay at home mom, that they can still pursue their passions and follow their dreams. And a lot of the times The thing that is stopping us is ourselves, is our fears, is our insecurities. But especially right now, there's so many opportunities, virtual opportunities, where you can take your gifts and bring them to the world. You know, people love that stuff. People want to learn everything. They want to learn how to knit. They want to learn how to, you know, paint. They want to learn how to, and maybe if you're a mom and you're listening to this, maybe you have a gift that you can bring to the world and children don't have to stop you. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's very important to let other women like myself know that if you have a gift, if you have a gift that God has given you, you can share it with the world too. Just because you have children, it doesn't mean that you have to stay home or that, you know, like the the children are going to be your whole life because sometimes it feels that way, especially when you first had kids, you know, like you feel like, how can you possibly do anything else if children take up so much time and energy? But it doesn't have to be that way. You can still pursue your dreams. You can still develop yourself professionally. And you can find a way, especially now with all the virtual opportunities, to do it from home. You know, like if you have a gift of knitting, you can teach people how to knit on Zoom. Or if you love cooking like I do, you can teach people your family recipes. And you can make money doing it. Mm-hmm. And it it just, the whole talk, and I was so um, excited that I was able to to give my um, that message to people. It's like, never give up on yourself. Like, the things that stop us most of the time are our own fears and our own insecurities. But don't don't give up on yourself. Like, mm-hmm. don't give up on yourself. You can live your dream, and you can involve your family in it. And your family can be a part of that dream. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get so hung up on how I thought, you know, like... My dream was to open a restaurant and I couldn't do it. And we get so hung up on the specifics, but you know what? Now I have my blog where I can share my food, you know, not only with one restaurant in one city in one town, but I can share it with people all over the world. Mm-hmm. So I really I have like a giant virtual restaurant where everybody can come to eat at my house. And that's why the blog really is called doors table. Come eat at my table.
1: come eat my food. I want to share it with you. Yeah. Yeah. And now you also have a couple of books, right?
0: I have an Uh ebook. It's both in English and Spanish. It's available on Amazon. And in English, it's called vegan tamales unwrapped. And in Spanish, it's called arte hecho tamal.
1: Oh, very nice.
0: And it's an ebook on making vegan tamales. There's (laughs) over 15 different recipes on how to make tamales and I go like hardcore nerd on you you know like I tell you the different types of like like, wrappings the different types of masa you can use like the different types of fats you can use or even if you're not going to use fats the different you know what you can substitute for fat so every single possibility of tamales that you can think of is on there
1: sweet and savory. Awesome. How do you develop your recipes? And do you have anybody in the family who tastes most of your food? Well, my (laughs) whole family are my testers. Okay.
0: And they're hard. They're hard testers. Because now the kids are so used to it, they're just like, hmm, I think this needs some acid. And I'm like,
1: Your children are going to grow up with all these skills. That's awesome. What's an easy dish to veganize? You know, the most popular recipe on my site is a
0: vegan chorizo, and it's made with mushrooms and tofu. And so basically, you make the same seasoning sauce that traditionally is used to, you know, to kind of marinate the meat for chorizo, but instead, we use it with mushrooms and tofu. So it's a very, um, traditional recipe that I've veganized. And it's a little time consuming. But it's one of people's favorites because even meat eaters will eat it and
1: like sometimes won't even notice. That's one of the most viewed videos on your YouTube channel.
0: Yes, it does. It gets a lot of views. The other one that that's really popular is the vegan chipotle pasta. It's spaghetti, but you, you can use whole wheat or you can use, you know, regular spaghetti, but I make a cream sauce out of almonds. So it's like a chipotle cream sauce, and I'll take almonds with a little bit of almond milk, lemon juice, garlic, and um, chipotle, and just blend it. I have a high-speed blender, so I don't soak the nuts before, but if you don't have a high-speed blender, you will have to soak the almonds beforehand. And I just blend it, and it becomes like magic. It becomes a cream sauce.
1: And I also saw that you offer an oil free option for people who kind of want to eliminate that from their diet.
0: Yes, I try to offer oil-free options for all my recipes. There's some that I just there's it would change too much. If I did it oil free, like there's a recipe for pan de muerto, that you just can't, you can't do it oil free, like you need that fat in there. And you know, it's first, usually it's like for special occasions, like holidays and stuff like that. Because in my personal life, I try to stay away from oil in my cooking. Uh, I haven't been able to give it up completely because I just can't give up chips. I just can't. <laughs> I love chips so much. Like the topos. Oh, I just right. can't do it. Uh-huh, that's but funny. otherwise, in my cooking, I try to cook without oil. So I, there, I always give like an oil-free option.
1: Are you going to be collaborating anymore with Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine or do, are you, will you be in similar programs like that in the future? The, the Physicians Committee and I have been working together for
0: about five years. I developed a lot of the recipes for their app, uh, Vegetariano en 21 mm-hmm. Dias, which is a really good app because mm-hmm. uh, yes. I do the recipes now. <laughs> not true. I'm not the only one who does the recipes. There's a lot of, there's a lot of chefs that contribute. Um, but I've been working with them for five years. So it's an ongoing relationship and it's an organization that I really respect and that you know, they're doing their labor to really, you know, promote plant-based diets, but also animal welfare. So I hope to continue working with them in the
1: future. I'm so glad that you mentioned that you um, developed some of the recipes for them, because believe it or not, I actually um, go online and get recipes from there. I brought my mom to Texas, and then I flew her out to DC to do an immersion program with PCRM. But we printed out some of the recipes from PCRM, and then I send her on her way. And uh, so now I'm going to look for your name, because I really didn't know that you were one of the developers. Out of all the things we belong to, PCRM is the one uh, organization that we just promote 100%. So glad that you're partnered with them. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners?
0: I would like to kind of send out a message. A lot of the people that go on my site sometimes are vegan Latinx um, people that are looking for recipes, just like you and me, because their parents are sick, because they're trying to get their parents to eat healthier, because they're... They're worried about animal welfare and their environment and, and they don't want to lose that connection to the culture. So it's mm-hmm. also one of my my missions, just like trying to, to let mothers know that they don't have to give up on themselves. Also to let the Latinx community know that we don't have to give up on our culture, that we don't have to give up on our culture, but we don't have to participate in animal cruelty. We don't have to participate in foods that are ruining our health, that are killing our, our communities. So if you're looking for resources for to teach your parents how to eat better, so, or if you're interested in animal welfare but you don't know where to start, like come to my table. Come to my table, and I'll teach you. I'll teach you how to make all your favorite Mexican recipes. I'll teach you how to cook vegan. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be you know, it doesn't have to taste bad, (laughs) right? It can taste really, really good. And you can still you'll still be able to have your pozole with your abuelita in your next Christmas, except, you know, it's gonna be with mushrooms, not, (laughs) you know, not pork, right? So just hang in there. You know, there's other not there's other Latinx people like me that are doing the same thing. There's Eddie Garza, who's a chef who also has a book about vegan Mexican food. There's Jocelyn Ramirez, who has a restaurant in LA, it's called Todo Verde, who's also doing vegan Mexican food. In Instagram, you can find Vegana Chicana, who's doing pop-ups in Atlanta for vegan yeah. Mexican food. Okay. There's um, Ale Graf has a blog, it's called Piloncillo and Vanilla. And it's also, she's Mexican herself, she lives in Houston. And she's doing all kinds of Mexican food, including vegan Mexican. So there is a community out there. So if you're looking
1: for a community, if you're looking for support, we're here. Thank you so much for that. And so when is your next class and how can people sign up? My next
0: class is actually this coming Saturday. Mm -hmm. And they can sign up. If you go to my Instagram profile, I just posted um, the next class. But usually I'm doing it every other weekend. So every other Saturday, I, I do a class, and I'll post it on Facebook, and I'll post it on, on Instagram. And if you're on my newsletter, I'll send you the notice um, by email, or you can go to my website. There's a tab that says cooking classes, and they appear there, whatever the next cooking class is. Mm-hmm. And this cooking class coming up is we're making sweet potato empanadas and almond
1: atolli. Yummy. Before we went plant-based, I actually cooked a lot of different things for my husband that are, you know, traditional Mexican things. And he didn't like peppers, he didn't like the poblano or any kind of pepper. And so when he tasted the recipe that I made with you in your class, he's he was like, wow, And then he got on the on the camera and he said, well, she says that I don't like chile rellenos or whatever. And I was like, but you don't I know you didn't like it until like I made your version Dora. So (laughs) so it's proof that you were able to convince you know, if you can convert my husband to eat peppers. (laughs) So well, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you and we look forward to following you more. Thank you. Thank you for having me been listening to the Plant Based DFW podcast show. If you like our content, please like, share and leave a review. Our goal is to provide quality episodes to help support the community.